0: Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em.
1: And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are starting a brand new unit just in time for the spooky time of year. Um, em has decided, as we did last year, we did a little bit of a horror unit. We did Haunted Haunted Houses. houses. Yeah. So this year, we're doing psychological horror thriller Ooh. type books. And we started with a classic, um, but an author I don't think any, either of us have read or I've read like one, but it was so long ago, I couldn't tell
0: you. I would say now that we're on the episode, an author I have purposefully avoided. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think I've done that too. Um, But to uh, stop avoiding saying, we read Misery (laughs) by Stephen King. So Em, what did you think? I think This fit exactly
0: in line with the reasons why I purposefully have avoided Stephen King, Mm, which mm -hmm. is it was well-written and it was good. Like, I think it was good.
1: Okay. Okay. But, man, it was just shitty, right? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: And I, I think this is especially true of King's older works that it, there's some stuff that's like, Oh, it's problematic for the character to say that, but he's a character and that's okay. And some stuff where I'm just like, is this like an author
1: viewpoint? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And especially not- with, he writes about authors. Mm-hmm. He's an author. Yeah. And they all like, and I There's read about this stuff. one specifically. He talks about his struggles with being like chained to writing horror mm-hmm. and he wanting to like branch out into. Fic, uh fantasy and science fiction right um and feel his like readers getting mad that he did that so I was like how much of how much of Paul is Steve
0: yeah here? exactly yeah and I it's never seemed to me that Stephen King is like a terrible person or whatever although you know he has been kind of shitty in regards to trans rights but whatever yeah. um yeah. It, it's more just kind of that thing of like it's None of his work has ever been anything that I'm like, man, I got to read that enough to, uh, con- like, to to counterpoint kind of the cishet white dude vibes <laughs> that I get yeah. from him, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. But I-, I did like this book. I think it was a good book. Was it scary? I don't think so. Like, I mm. wasn't scared basically at all for any of this book. And part of that might just be kind of the, the issue of, I have, you know, seen adaptations of this book. So I knew what was going to happen for a lot of it, Mm -hmm. not every single beat, but most of it. Um, So it kind of, you know, ruined it in that way. But just in general, like I feel like for me, and I am a horror fan in general. uh, Mm -hmm. I am currently in the midst of my spooky season list for this year. Uh, in regards to movies, I um, about eight movies in
1: nice, nice.
0: And I think in general, kind of the more modern uh, vibe towards psychological horror is kind of more uh, let's examine how we become the monster mm-hmm. whereas the 80s 90s vibe is more let's examine how we interact with the monster right yeah and I very much prefer the more modern how we become the ones. like, you know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like Midsomar, Us, um, mm-hmm. fucking, uh, there's a couple that I just watched. The Antichrist? Antichrist, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um.
1: <laughs> the movie will never leave me. <laughs> it's so <insane. laughs> in, a, in a very terrible, <laughs> terrible, I just, oh, I wish I'd never seen it.
0: Okay, but <laughs> do you wish you'd never seen it as much as I wish I didn't have to sit through it with my brother? In a theater, <laughs> watching a dude's dick get mutilated, and oh just having god. that be
1: my Rema- <laughs> oh, not even that and 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 the scissors, the mm-hmm, scissors. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, ah, I will never forget that scene. The the thing about when we Chaos went to go see Antichrist, we were Rains. we were lured there under false pretenses. Those false pretenses being we didn't know what this movie was at all. Like we were just like, <laughs> okay, we're going to go see a movie, and our that our friend really wanted to go see. We were all miserable for like two hours. <laughs> <It's just
0: laughs> I think, I think so now much. if I watched it again, I would probably mm-hmm. like it, knowing mm-hmm. that it is supposed to be horror, right? Yes. I feel yes. like I
1: didn't even know it was a horror movie. Yeah, before. we were just like a movie, okay? Yeah, because I didn't watch horror movies back then, so like, yeah, it was rough.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is to my particular taste in terms of yeah. horror, so it didn't really scare me. How about you? What What are your feelings towards this book? <laughs>
1: I had a lot of feelings about those ones. First thing I've discovered about myself Mm -hmm. is I think that I am a prude when it comes to horror. Interesting. I don't like to be scared. Mm. And I don't know why people want to be scared. Mm. And I don't know why someone would purposefully write a scary thing. It (laughs) makes me ask a lot of questions about these people. And I'm not – I know a lot of people like horror. And I get it. I get it. It's the whole, like, the – um oh my god i'm losing my train of thought the the parallels that you can make to society and it's about like the escapism of it and sometimes the gore people i get i get it i get people like stuff but my own internal monologue as i'm reading misery or watching antichrist <laughs> is just like but how how did you come up with this and why did you decide to keep going once you did like <laughs> Personally. Who is this for, and why do they love it? It's for me. <laughs> I know. And that's what I say. I know I'm a prude about it because, like, I'm. I it's it's not a genre for me, and it is not one that I can wrap my mind around.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say prude because, like, mm-hmm. that immediately puts me in mind of. Um, I cannot remember the author's name, but the and I, I think I've referenced it before on this podcast. But the idea of horror as a body genre, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like um, there are certain genres that elicit. Uh, physical reactions from the viewer, right? And those are uh, horror, um, Mm -hmm. porn, right? And then, like, uh, tragedy. So, like, Uh crying, (laughs) screaming, getting horny, right? Not in that order. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, for me, a big part of why I like horror is more, again, that modern thing of, uh, like, the symbolism, like, yes, horror yeah. goes really deep into symbolism stuff, and that can be quite fun um, if you're a nerd. But the other thing is that visceral reaction, right, which yes. is the body genre part of it, where you are having, like, a physical reaction to a thing, much like riding a roller coaster or something like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's interesting that you use the word prude for it, because I guess <laughs> that would be kind of similar to, like... Uh, Like it's not a sexual thing, but it is like that sort of vibe of like your body. You don't have the, you don't enjoy, or maybe you don't have the physical reaction to horror, right? Like you're like, ew, I don't like this.
1: That is yes, I think that is exactly it. I I want just the most plain vanilla like (laughs) spooky kid ghost like haunted mansion. That's that's me. I can vibe (laughs) with the haunted mansion. I can do some pastel goth. I cannot. Stephen King, and I, this is, I know he had, like, some serious drug issues in the 80s. I think this book was written as he was, like, trying to um, stop using as much cocaine, I think. I think this is, this is, this is post-drugs Stephen King. Um, But I guess, I don't know, there's just, there's just so much in here that I just... First of all, I think it could have stood to be a hundred or more pages less. Like I was like, how could you write so much misery? How did you... I can I can get wanting to sit with something and wanting to make people uncomfortable? But you did this for four hundred pages, buddy, and this isn't even one of your longer books. <laughs> but I I don't want to like rain on anyone's parade. I know that horror has like there there are reasons people like it. There are reasons it can be enjoyed. There are reasons it's important genre of book, movie, play. What have you? But for me, I'm mm. I'm clutching my pearls.
0: <laughs> now, how do you just, you know, this is our first dip into psychological horror, but how do yes. you compare this to last year's Haunted House? Um, which one do you prefer?
1: I think personally I prefer the Haunted House one. And I think a big part of that is because when we like you said with the older psychological horrors, it's looking a lot at like it's, like, me versus the, the psychological horror. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, uh, and I think my problem specifically with Misery and the character of Annie is, like, this is clearly somebody who has a lot of mental health issues. And it's kind of, like, grotesque. It, yes, yes. And it's, it, it's just furthering the stigma of, like, yes. people with mental health issues, which is one of the, I was, like, just got, she needed therapy. Why did nobody <laughs> catch this? Like. <laughs> Not just therapy. She did need to be committed somewhere. Like, she was killing people for a very long time. But um, it's just the the way that it is used as a form of entertainment here really perpetuates a lot of the, like, Mm -hmm. you know, people with mental health issues aren't deserving of. People with mental health
0: issues are dangerous, which is not true. People with mental Mm -hmm. health issues are far, far, far more likely to be a victim of a violent crime than the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. um and yeah i I agree i think that this and i'm sure we'll get into it more in the episode maybe we won't maybe we'll just say it here and that'll be enough but i feel like not um (laughs) i feel like this is one of these those things these bitches are gonna harp on
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry we
0: care but yeah i think that the that was a a big issue for me too something Mm -hmm. that definitely knocked this book down from like being like a three and a half, four, to being, like, a two and a half, three for me. Of Mm -hmm. um, just, like, yeah, but that's not how this works. Like, there's also a lot of inconsistency in what exactly is her diagnosis. If we are, like, she's presented as perhaps having some form of bipolar disorder. um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But also. Manic
0: depression. Manic depression. But also there's, like, a lot of uh, discussion of her as being, like, really unintelligent but then sometimes she's like hyper intelligent you know so yes. it's it's a lot of it just felt like whatever was scariest for him at that moment was what he was kind of going for yeah.
1: <laughs> and he even has like this not a not a uh um oh my god what are they called when you write in the book who you wrote the book for fuck what is that called uh dedication dedication thank you my mind is broken it's not dedication (laughs) an acknowledgement where he does like thank three different doctors Hmm. for help with the medical yeah knowledge so like i don't know if they helped him with the mental health knowledge well they are doctor of psychiatry so like at least one Psychiatrist was right. involved, but like it does feel like he picked and chose from. Right. And
0: also, a, a doctor of psychiatry in the 80s is yeah, yeah, yeah. still going to have today. biases towards, me- like, maybe not as many, and hopefully would be more progressive in treating their patients than the general public. But you know, there's still societal biases uh, mm-hmm. that exist even in doctors.
1: Yes back to your to your point about like wanting like a more more modern take on the psychological horror being like from the point of view of how we become the monster kind mm-hmm. of like would this book have been better or would it have jive with you more if Annie was the point of view character and we saw like how her obsession with Paul started and kind of the spiral down from there I mean I think that that would be a
0: lot um more interesting i also think mm-hmm. that that would be a lot like the movie saint maud which is uh, i haven't heard of that one. it's a it's a movie about a nurse who um has a patient die under her care and it causes a a break and she um becomes hyper religious and oh. goes into private care and her interactions with this cancer patient and it takes a horror turn um interesting so it's Almost exactly that of like (laughs) a a nurse who is, you know, does terrible things and how they got to that point, right? Um, Yes. And I found that movie a lot more compelling than I find the story of misery. Yeah, Paul was not
1: really like sympathetic towards Mm. other than that, like, no one deserves to be kidnapped and tortured. I think I started Um. warming up to
0: him like later in the book when Uh he was (laughs) entirely broken down.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
0: a lot of this book is about, like, you can just read this whole book as Annie Wilkes being a metaphor for writer's block, right? Yes. Uh So I I think that, you know, Paul is very much more, he's going through his own psychological stuff. So Mm -hmm. once he kind of got to that of it being like him breaking down and like, building himself back up that was more interesting to me than like paul at the beginning who was just kind of like a shitty writer (laughs) like
1: yeah really full of himself Mm um yes i also liked paul towards the end mm. (laughs) i liked paul at the beginning i started to like paul around uh around the rats which is which is pretty Mm. close to the end i was like okay i see you now paul (laughs) You're starting to you're starting to be someone to root for. Um, I feel like we should probably do like the content warnings for mm, the sure. book yeah. and possibly the episode. There's a lot in this one: um, kidnapping, torture, body horror, gun violence, <laughs> lawnmower violence. Probably uh,
0: references to rape might come up.
1: Yes. Uh, murder. Murder, suicide, uh, suicidal ide- ideations. Um, Ableism. Uh, Fat mm-hmm. shaming. The N-word is dropped in this book with a hard R. <laughs> oh, my God. It came out of nowhere. nowhere. I was like, of excuse nowhere. me.
0: I wouldn't say it was entirely unpredictable with all of the weird uh, Africa stuff in this also is a thing, oh, like, of the, yeah. the uh, dark continent stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So not entirely. Like, I was like, okay, I see how King got there,
1: but yeah i didn't <sighs> anyway uh so yes please before i don't know how much we're going to cover in the episode but if this was this one is this one's a pretty gruesome one so mm-hmm. check your content warnings on like StoryGraph or something if you need to know more um the who would you recommend this to i mean i i do think that it is a
0: kind of classic of horror i like I said, have avoided Stephen King even as I've been trying mm-hmm. to read more horror because I'm just like, why would I bother with that when there are other, like, more yes. modern writers who are there to be read? But, I mean, I don't think it's... I Again, I liked the book. I thought it was uh, enjoyable if you like horror. You have to be prepared for some um, sentiments that are typical of the time but do mm-hmm, suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you?
1: Um... Yeah, I mean, this is always like people always say this is one of Stephen King's better novels. I always it's like this or Pet Cemetery. I feel Mm. like are the two that are always recommended by him. So I mean, if you're if you're a horror fan, if you haven't if you want to try and get into Stephen King, I think this is a good entry point because it's short and you don't have to like sit through the 700 pages of Salem's Lot or whatever it is to (laughs) decide if you like Stephen King or not. Um, If you like the kind of stories that are just like right right from the get-go, don't let you go uh, or don't let up at all. It's just nonstop dread, nonstop mm-hmm. tension. Um, I I did not care for my reading experience of this book, but I did read it in like maybe three or four sessions just because mm-hmm. it, it's an easy read and you want to know what's gonna happen. Uh, but it is not a comfy experience mm-hmm.
0: um <laughs> but speaking of uh reading experiences have you read anything that maybe was a comfy experience or that you would prefer to misery
1: I, I i was so like prepared i got a book from the library that was like oh <laughs> this is like a psychological thriller um young adult written by an asian author and then i just like after reading this i was like okay so i read a new manga series called witch hat atelier <laughs> which is super cute <laughs> Uh, yes, Witch Hat Atelier or Atelier. I don't I'm not French, I'm sorry. Come on. Uh, yeah. Come on, Um, it is a I would say probably young adult focus, kind of like a like how a card captor Sakura would be, but like it's just a bunch of young girls who uh, well it centers around Coco who discovers that the secret of magic is not really that like a special sort of person can become a witch. Anyone can be a witch. They just have to know how to draw these these certain sigils and stuff so she sees that on accident but instead of having her memory modified to forget that she is taken as an apprentice to um, this witch guy and she seems to be some sort of pawn between the good witches and the bad witches and she just doesn't realize it it's super cute but also has a tiny like little bit of a sinister like something's going on that Mm -hmm. we're not aware of there's obviously a bad guy that's manipulating things Um, and then I also read the um, what is it called? Sorry, the Inheritance Game series by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Only two books. Are oh,
0: out I've read a lot of her stuff uh, when I was coming up in high school. That's interesting. Oh, I
1: didn't. This is yeah. my first of hers.
0: At least I think it was Jennifer. It might be a different Jennifer it Lynn might, Barnes, like, but
1: she's written. It looks like a lot of a lot of stuff that mm. might be what a young m would like um <laughs> just, i'm just like reading the series titles the naturals raised by wolves yep so yep read spot. that one yeah that all sounds like things we would <laughs> read um But this is kind of like a Westing game situation. Like a girl finds out that she has, or or like knives out. She finds out she's inherited a shit ton of money and a nice house. Kind of swiped it out from underneath the family. She doesn't know why. They don't know why. She has to live in their big old mansion with them for a whole year in order to inherit these billions and billions of dollars. Um, And also, the guy that died has kind of left a little mystery scavenger hunt because he likes to play games. So... She's the there's four grandsons and they're all really hot and she has to team up with them to solve <laughs> oh, the mystery. No. Oh no. There's only a love triangle. There's no love <laughs> pentagon or anything, but or star. I don't know what it is when there's only one like it's not a reverse harem situation. Okay. Okay. Um it's good. I I can read the I sit down at like one sitting, read those books. They're very, mm. very easy, very like what I needed to not dwell on misery. How about you?
0: Um, I am dwelling on Misery. Specifically, Uh I'm trying to read more horror. And I was looking at like books of more modern horror that people Uh were suggesting. And uh, a couple came up a lot that I'm trying to make my way through now. But one of them was uh, We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Carlos Ruffin, which, much like Misery, did not scare me. It was not horror to me. I Uh kind of uh am like, is this supposed to be horror? But it was still good. It was, um, and it was a lot more of the modern psychological horror of, Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. terms of, like, becoming the monster. Um, but the plot is also wild. It's about, um, a, in the not-so-distant future time in which, um... Things have progressed in the United States to make racism even worse than it currently is. Mm. Cool, good times. Um, But Mm -hmm. it is about a father whose biracial son has a birthmark over um, one eye and he Uh wants to save up enough money for his son to undergo a demelanization procedure um, so that his son can be perceived as white. and. Uh, wild premise um, mm-hmm. had a lot to say about race, and it was kind of one of those things where it was like, oh, it's future times, but also this is happening now sort of things. So definitely mm-hmm. if you are looking for a lighthearted read, I don't recommend it, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will put it on my list of not to read, <laughs> those.
0: Yeah, I was like, this is not an Anna book. This has <laughs> no... No happy endings in sight. Um, But it was uh, very well written. Like, a lot of the scenes were very cinematic, I felt. Like, not in, like, there was a lot of action sequences, but, like, I'm not good at picturing stuff, but it was, like, very vivid, some of the the stuff Mm. he was writing. I was like, yeah, I can see, you know, exactly how he has this set up. And um, it was, again, the main character you don't necessarily root for, but it, Mm -hmm. it is, like, you're seeing how he became this way right okay and kind of the the pressures of uh living in a living in a society (laughs) Um, and how like racism becomes internalized so horror in a way but not like spooky scary horror to me yes yeah but still quite good i enjoyed it awesome well there you go
1: one, two opposites. One, two very right different on the money. vibes
0: for for this spooky, scary
1: season for one. both kinds of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about it's let's talk about, about, about Paul Sheldon and Annie Wilkes. Let's do it. Let's do it. So a lot of people probably do know the premise of Misery. This is this is a very famous uh, situation. I feel mm-hmm. like Paul Sheldon is an author. He wakes up in bed his legs are like fucking destroyed man he the last thing he remembers he uh was staying in um a hotel in colorado in order to finish his latest novel which he's he is most well known for writing these like i think victorian era like romance adventure novels about a woman named misery and the men that love her misery and,
0: chastain
1: oh yes 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 <laughs> Um and he's gotten very famous for that, but is like I feel like I am shackled to misery. I don't, I don't want to write about her anymore. So in the in the latest misery book, he kills her. He's like, I'm done. Ha ha! Can't write about her anymore. She's dead. Suck on that. Um, and now he's working on his. Suck on that. Very uh,
0: foreshadowing things to come. Oh goodness, I didn't mean it.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um he he's working on his his great american novel mm. uh fast cars which I got a is, fast car <laughs> no it was about no not that one <laughs> no I don't know that one Tracy Chapman sorry, how dare <laughs> which is it, it was a book about people who stole cars I think it was maybe? baby driver i think but oh yeah
0: okay, with uh yes. uh hispanic cast instead of um that kid who was in Baby Driver.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> What's Baby. His name? Ansel Ansel Elgort. Ansel is that, Adams. An- is that him or is that someone else? I
0: think Ansel Adams is some someone else. I think it's Elgort.
1: El- Ansel Adams is a photographer. Yeah. Yes. Landscape photographer. Very famous landscape photographer. Ansel Elgort sounds more correct and is correct.
0: He was also in The Fault in Our
1: Stars. Mm. And and he's gonna be in West Side Story. Oh yes, yes, I had seen that. Yeah, I really enjoyed Baby Driver. Oh, there's gonna be a Baby Driver too. I Hold have on.
0: never seen Baby Driver, so it's interesting that that was the reference I
1: chose. Yeah, thank you for joining us here on the Baby Driver podcast. I just found out there's gonna be a Baby Driver too. Hmm. Um. Toddler driver. Toddler driver. He grew up. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to go into the articles right now. I'm very tempted. Um, I like that movie a lot. It's a lot better than Misery. Um, (laughs) He got drunk, decided to rent a car, and goes out driving in a snowstorm. Um, Guess what? He crashes the car. And he wakes up in a bed. His legs are busted to hell. And he's on some heavy painkillers. And he discovers that he has been rescued by Annie Wilkes.
0: And the very first thing that we know, basically the very first thing that we know about Annie Wilkes, aside from um, her words which float to him in a haze, which can later mm. be interpreted as, "I'm your number one fan," but he like spells it out phonetically in a way that it's um, like "Fryon." on." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the first thing we, we really learn is that she has stinky, stinky
1: breath very bad breath. And he hates it. He He her breath smells so bad it was like smelling salts that woke him up from his coma (laughs) that she put him in. And it's like,
0: all right, so I already get the vibes towards Annie. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I think we could have gotten to the point where we weren't supposed to like Annie without her also having to have her terrible halitosis. Mm -hmm. Like
0: And also then as we go on and are more further introduced to Annie we get a healthy heaping of fat phobia with just so many descriptions of how solid Annie is and how she doesn't have womanly curves. She's just a brick of a person, just Mm -hmm. so big and large. And as a person who is six foot tall and often gets, uh, you know, annoyed by those vibes that women are not supposed to take up space Mm -hmm. and are supposed to be small and dainty i Mm -hmm. loved this this was great for me this
1: felt good (laughs)
0: this felt good and great
1: yeah no um paul yeah paul's a real shithead (laughs) (laughs) like yes you you should not sympathize with your kidnapper torturer Yes, that's totally fine. But also like before you realize what you were going on, you were already disgusted by her because you felt he literally says that her bad breath was raping him. Like yeah. come on, dude. Like, okay.
0: Well that's minimizing <laughs> a very serious issue. Yes. I get that you're a writer and use metaphor, but let's not use that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just again, like there is a fairly long history of this sort of uh, using completely normal body types as inherently horrific, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kathy Bates is who plays Annie Wilkes in the movie. Like, Kathy Bates is not a disgusting person. (laughs) That's just rude.
0: I mean, I think that's also so, like, anytime anyone is described as horribly ugly and then they make a movie out of it, it's like, well, they're going to be, like, Hollywood ugly, which is yeah, basically yeah. to say not a size two, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is drawing on a long history of this sort of thing, but that doesn't make it pleasant.
1: No. No. <laughs> um. So, so Annie's got him doped up on some codeine-based painkillers. Um, which Paul becomes addicted to. Um, and she is currently reading, she has a copy of, of the last misery book that she's like very excited about reading, but she also likes, he has the manuscript with him of the other, the fast cars book. And she, um, decides she's going to read that does not care for it. It's not a fan. It's not, it's not misery. doesn't have misery in it. Too um, many F words. Too many cock a dooty F words. <laughs> uh, cock a dooty is what Annie says instead of a swear. <laughs> um, so she gets real mad. She, um, forces, she forces Paul to burn this manuscript. Um, Or else she's going to, like, deprive him of the medicines that she has addicted him to, which he needs because his legs are just shatters of bone. There is no leg there anymore, really, other than, like, this is the shape, the fleshy shape of leg. There's no structure to it. So he does, and he decides at that moment, he's like, I hate Annie, and I'm going to kill her because she made me kill my book that I love or whatever.
0: I love this really good book that sounded really good from when I was talking about it and was like, Mm -hmm. hmm... I'm going to write about Hispanic people even though I'm a white man. This will end well. Don't you
1: love that? Don't you love that so much? Um, (laughs) And then Annie decides she's going to read the Misery book, uh, which Paul's like, fuck, I killed Misery in this book. This is not not going to go well well for me. (laughs) Guess what? It doesn't go well for him at all. (laughs) Um, she, when she figures out that misery has died, she leaves Paul alone in the house for a couple of days and he has no food, no water and no painkillers. Um, and, oh no, it's at that point that she asks him to burn. Sorry. After, after she comes back, she's like, now we have to burn fast cars as your penance for, um, killing misery or whatever. I thought that she, that, no, I I think he.
0: Yeah, there's it? a lot of I don't remember. abuse. It's all t- in it. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: that Fast Cars got
0: burned because it was bad and it had f words in it. Uh huh. And then she read Misery and then left at that point because okay. that's when she goes to get the
1: typewriter, right? Yes. Yeah, she has typewriter. She gets paper. The thing about the typewriter, so she 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 gets all these supplies uh, for for a writer to use because guess what? She wants Paul to write a new Misery book where Misery is still alive. She comes back. Um, the typewriter Paul is very annoyed with because it doesn't have a functioning N key. So he has to, like, handwrite in all the N's in the mm-hmm. manuscript. And and then eventually, like, the E and the T also fall out. So, like, it's completely useless. And that is a – that's that becomes important later. But so he, he sits down and he begins to write a new misery book. So we get this, like – there's this theme really early in the book of the whole Africa situation where Paul – went to Paul. paul's parents don't love him great um <laughs> all, of course they don't that's why he's a novelist right um and he went to a zoo as a kid and was like very upset and crying because he learned that the animals are in captivity and have never been free and have never been to africa or something and that made him so upset as a child that he just cried and his mom got really. no
0: i think it, it was the one bird was from africa and was now captive Oh, I, I thought it was because it was never bird. Been to No, no, okay. no. Because okay. then, because that's, oh, he used to be free and is now captive. And now is right? not. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why he relates to that. There's also the thing with Annie, um, again, fat phobia, uh, where he's like, oh, Annie reminds him of one of those goddess statues, which I assume mm-hmm. is the like the Venus statues, right? Like that's what he's referring to. Mm-hmm. But hold on one sec. Let me make sure I'm not. Saying something stupid here. I thought it was like the little
1: fertility statue. Yeah, the the fertility
0: idols. Um, the one they're called Venus figurines. Oh. Um, but they are mainly in Europe, I think. And also, they are very curvaceous, which is the opposite Mm -hmm. of what he says about Annie. So I'm. Which is that she is just like a a rectangle. Yes. So I'm kind of confused as to like maybe he's referencing some other african statue but i'm pretty sure the venus figurines are yeah like venus of willendorf is the like the most famous one and that was in austria so like mm. i don't quite Where know
1: it, are those like the little like the You're ones up. i'm imagining are like little squat and they're usually mm-hmm. like a dark dark brown or black hold on i'll put i'll put a link in the chat okay there's probably some from like everywhere to be yeah, honest yeah, yeah. like
0: but, like, the Oh, yeah, Venus, ones, that's what I
1: was imagining, mm-hmm. the Venus of
0: Willendorf, you're right. Yeah, those are not from Africa. So, yeah. like, I it, mean, again, yeah, I'm sure there are, you know, similar, because that's, like, the whole point, right? Is that, like, and actually, we don't really know if they were fertility. Anyway. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, I just, like, Googled African fertility idol, and they don't, They're they have a different look about them. They have. Let me see. They're not as, like, round and curvaceous. They're more, like. They have curves, but are mostly thin and taller. Because I feel like that's also not Annie, right? Because like, like I could understand him the feelings of Annie being more like the Venus one than being of like an African fertility idol. Yeah, most of the
0: fertility idols I'm seeing from Africa are not the vibe of Annie either. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to let me actually look up the first time he refers to her as a because that's um, when all this sort of stuff starts coming up. I know. The image of Annie Wilkes as an African idol out of she or King Solomon's minds was both ludicrous and queerly apt. She was a big woman who, other than the large but unwelcoming swell of her bosom under the gray cardigan sweater she always wore, seemed to have no feminine curves at all. There was no defined roundness of hip or buttock or even calf below the endless succession of wool skirts she wore in the house. Her body was big, but not generous. There was a feeling about her of clots and roadblocks rather than welcoming orifices or even open spaces, areas of hiatus. Um, okay. So there's a lot to unpack
1: there. Yeah. 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 Poor, poor Annie. You almost, you almost feel bad for Annie here.
0: Um. But then you feel dumb for feeling bad for Annie as you get later. This is, this is the problem where it's like, yes. Oh. This is fat phobic. This is shitty. But then it justifies the fat phobia by making her evil. But it, that's still mm-hmm, not justified.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you d- can't make fat people evil. You can't make mentally ill people. I evil. mean, like, fat people can be evil. Mentally
0: ill people can be evil. Yeah. So like, you shouldn't use that as sh- a as a uh a earmark as a red flag for them being evil. Right. Yes. Like, yes,
1: yes. Yeah. That, that that cannot be like yeah yeah you know what i'm saying the first
0: hint that something is wrong Mm -hmm.
1: halitosis god (laughs) but it's because she ate so much sweet stuff that's why Mm. it's so foul is what we learn later okay paul (laughs) (laughs) you're the one
0: chugging down sardines from a can sir
1: Yes, and drinking the water that she washed the floor with. I mean, that wasn't Barf. his
0: fault though. Is she? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that wasn't. Um, so so Annie gets him set up to to write a new misery book. She gets gets him the typewriter, she gets him a wheelchair, which is very important, and she gets him paper. Paul's like, This is the wrong paper, Annie. I can't work with this. Um, she gets pissed off about that, and um they also have a conversation about Um, so, so when Paul starts to write, write the, um, the first chapter or two of this new misery book, he kind of like edit undoes the death of misery. Mm. Um, and Annie is not happy with this. She says in, when I, when I was younger, I used to go see these chapter plays of where like something exciting would happen and it would seemingly end with the death of the main character but by the next episode they always got out of it but there was always a reason why and yes it could have been like an unrealistic reason but it was satisfying because there was one like i could get behind it because it was exciting and paul kind of like condescends to her and is like okay annie we will do this and 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 annie kind of starts to pick up on the fact that paul is thinking that she's being stupid about this so in retaliation for that and him complaining about the paper she like destroys his kneecap. Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, then, like, again,
0: it's this thing where I'm almost on Annie's side for a lot yeah. of the, the first few interactions here. Like, the paper thing, he's, like, mansplaining to her about, like, oh, well, obviously this paper is not good quality. Look, it's so you, need to, you need to bring me good quality paper. And then, like, the, yeah. this where he's just like, oh, well, I understand writing and you don't understand writing and whatever. And it's like, Paul, you're being a shithead, but then you're making Annie's perfectly reasonable like like thoughts like hey you shouldn't write a book this way this is bad writing to seem Mm -hmm. totally unreasonable because of the stuff she does like destroy your kneecap
1: yes (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah there is like this interesting like (laughs) annie's methods get shit done right right? because like paul writes probably what he says is the best book of his career the best misery book the best book hands down he's ever written but the way that andy got him there was not good
0: (laughs) but it worked which i mean again as as a metaphor for creating art like i get it of like oh the process destroys you but like is it worth it you know that sort of thing I get it, but, like, also...
1: (laughs) This was real. This was... It was just so much. Mm -hmm. It was... I don't know. I... Like I said, I feel like there was so much of this book. You could have... You could have taken out, like, a a hundred plus pages of this book, and I feel like you still could have retained the the essence of what is happening here is just the fact that like you have to sit with it for so long yeah. which I, it's purposeful i get it paul is there by himself in seclusion in this house for months with this woman dreading like am i gonna die should i die should i give up and just die i don't is it worth fighting to live and to escape one day and and you're supposed to be there along with him for that but like don't i don't i didn't i didn't i <laughs> I, mean, I could have dipped when the pre-
0: <laughs> when the premise of any piece of media is there are two characters and you are going to live with those two characters for the vast majority of this book. Yeah, and they you both know suck. You're going to be in for a lot of uh soul searching, just oh bad stuff. Oh my
1: god! I did skip uh, quite a few bits in the in the in the second and third sections. Mm um after the very traumatizing thing that happens to to paul i was like i don't need her this yeah. is all just-
0: <laughs> see i feel like i skipped more like i skimmed more in the first few bits where mm-hmm. i was like okay let's get to the gory stuff come yeah. on enough, I can also see enough that, comparing yeah. her to an african statue let's get to the part where she you know mutilates you <laughs>
1: um So he writes, he writes this really good misery book where it turns out like they buried misery alive on accident because she was stung by a bee. And there's like, it's a whole thing he comes up with these great, this great plot, this great explanation for it. Also the characters end up going to Africa on some sort of Indiana Jones type adventure. Mm -hmm. I, didn't follow, didn't really care to read the misery
0: sections. I was like, this is I why this is here. I don't the care. Misery sections. I, was I, like, went the I want the whole misery
1: book, <laughs> but I the 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 whiplash from the mood changes. I mm. like hmm. I was here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so um at some point Annie hits like a real low where she's she's in the very depressive part of of her manic depression or the the bipolar i don't i don't i i cannot uh diagnose her i don't know but I she's hit a low paul
0: uses the term manic depression mm-hmm. manic depressive to describe her so that is yes the term that i will probably default to for most of this because we are not therapists or yes. uh, psychiatrists or <laughs> uh in things. dealing with an actual <laughs> person and not a fictional creation yes
1: also that <laughs> um she begins to become even more violent more unpredictable um she self-abuses self oh my gosh yeah she's just like tearing into her own skin um there's she's eating everything in the house leaving it all just out because she, she's usually very clean very tidy very organized everything has its place sort of person hey Um, as a person who often um goes through periods where
0: i have like disordered eating patterns and i don't eat for a period and then binge eat this mm -hmm. is also not fun to read the vilification of this that was great that was really enjoyable
1: yeah yeah it oh i don't okay yeah (laughs) it's a whole thing um feel free to skip those descriptive parts um Annie says, I have to leave, Paul, because when I get like this, I, I, bad things happen to the people around me, and with the type of relationship you and I have, I could, I will probably do something we both hate, so I'm gonna leave, and I'll be back in a few days, you'll probably be fine, and she locks him in this room with no um, supplies at all. Here's the thing about Paul, though, is as soon as he got the wheelchair, he has been—he's been working out with his 50-pound typewriter. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also, he has gotten so fit for so his season. arms.
0: Mm, shredded. Mm.
1: yes. Um, <laughs> he has also been experimenting with leaving the room. So he has been like collecting. Uh, annie's bobby pins anytime she leaves them around he he knows how to pick a lock because he talked to a police officer when he was riding fast cars that taught him how to pick a lock i guess cool that's how that works for sure yep um (laughs) so he he knows how to pick every lock and he also knows which locks are unpickable which is (laughs) relevant in a second so he picks the lock to um the bedroom door earlier in the story and he breaks off the, a little piece of the bobby pin and it gets stuck in the door. And he also accidentally like leaves some wheelchair marks on the on the walls which he cleans off later and he thinks Annie didn't notice but spoiler alert she did. So, she's gone for a couple days. He's like, I'm going to get out of here. He picks the lock again, wheels himself into the room, realizes that the house is an um, absolute mess, but she has like a doomsday prepper style pantry. That he raids for supplies. Um, May he... I just
0: say, mm-hmm. as somebody who has used bobby pins to pick locks in my family house, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how he broke one off in there. Like, oh, ha- yeah,
1: I, don't, I feel
0: I like don't know. I feel like Stephen King didn't research bobby pins enough because like <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they wouldn't
1: maybe break they were different in the eighties. <laughs> maybe like I you'd have know.
0: to bend it backwards, and I don't know what anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um he realizes that the phone line is dead she has no phone and that she has locked all of the doors that lead outside with super awesome locks that cannot be picked and the windows are he can't because his legs Mm. he can't do windows so he's like well i'm kind of resigning myself to staying here in this house um this is not the time for me to escape i will die there's also a ton of snow outside or no mud at this point. Cause the snow, the snow has gone by it's spring. Now it's too muddy. The wheelchair will not go in the mud. So, all right, let's stay here for a while. So he finds a, uh, finds a scrapbook. And it's full of all of these like articles and newspaper clippings of incidents, like obituaries where people have died. So it started off with a family, uh, of, I think it was like a few kids and the parents and there was a fire and, like everyone died except for one of the parents and one of the kids
0: and um, Annie had previously referenced this family when talking about mm-hmm. how she had to bait because like there's a few she's clippings of like her noise. birth uh announcement her parents marriage like her brother's birth and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. it's this and um she says something about them early earlier on in the book yeah, where like, she's like those oh rat's making noise yeah I had to babysit them and I hated it so much um mm-hmm.
1: so there's kind of an implication here, yes, yes. And then there's an article about how her dad fell down the stairs and died mysteriously, tripped over laundry. Hmm. An article about how her roommate fell down the stairs, uh, tripped, tripped over, over their dead, dead, dead cat. frozen cat or whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Which was then there was all, and this is the thing with this part. I don't know. We live in an age of social media where like. A, Everything it's written about in some format, but also Mm -hmm. I just didn't believe that all of these things would be in newspapers in this format where someone was like, turns out the girls had adopted the cat and it ate rat poison that the janitor had put out. I'm like, why would that be an article? It wasn't like related. It wasn't like in the article about the girl tripping over the cat. It was like a separate article about the cat's death. And I'm like...
1: What? (laughs) What And I think these were like in big cities in like California. It's not like podunk little town where three people live. It's like
0: there's a couple that are like, oh, this is the hospital's internal newsletter or whatever. uh Yeah. So maybe it was like the college's internal newsletter. But still, that seems like a really (laughs) wild thing to pitch. Like, can you imagine a a junior in uh, journalism school going (laughs) to their editor and being like, all right, boss, I got the latest scoop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the nurse someone died the nurse's in the hospital house. you know the one where that girl mysteriously died by tripping over a dead cat well turns out the cat ate rat poison like what are
1: we <laughs> doing I don't know oh my gosh uh <laughs> There's articles about Annie becoming a nurse, uh, people mysteriously dying in the hospital. Not even mysteriously dying. They're all old people. They're all old people that have their explanations to their deaths because they're old and they die suddenly. Mm-hmm. So all after um, but a they're long all long illness
0: in or a short illness.
1: Hmm. Yes. And they're all hospitals where Annie works and she keeps them all in the scrapbook for some reason. Uh, then there's an article about her her marriage announcement in the newspaper engagement announcement. And then I think the marriage pictures to a man that looks exactly like her father. Um, and also, Paul's like, wow, Annie used to be hot. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? Okay. Uh, a little bit later, after some more deaths, there is uh, the divorce announcement, which is notable because it notes that the the husband is leaving the wife as opposed to the stereotypical other way around i suppose Mm -hmm. um and paul's like yeah i bet why and then more 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 killings more deaths in the hospital and then there's a turn because annie becomes the head of a nursery unit at a hospital that she's working at and when healthy babies start dying people start investigating so they kind of catch on to Annie uh, possibly causing the deaths of these poor babies. And she is, uh, she has a trial in Denver, which is something she's very sensitive about. She, she brought that up earlier in the book as well. Um, And after, trial uh where they don't have enough like actual physical evidence they just have bad vibes to present to the jury the jury finds her not guilty so she's let go she's photographed uh in her jail cell during during all of this reading uh one of paul's misery books
0: so also with the baby the baby deaths though cherry i don't think we we, tra- we put a trigger warning for that one at the front but Mm. Hey, here they are. With the infant murders, they're like, they don't have enough evidence, except for, you know, videos that show her going in and out at times of death, which, like, the defense is like, yeah, but she's the maternity mm. nurse, so she would be doing that all the time always, so here's a bunch right, of yeah, other videos, okay. And also a handprint on the face of the baby with her ring on his hand. and on his. That's That's evidence. That's really what? good evidence. And also, though, how did you, if this was how she was... <laughs> This is very grim. I'm so sorry. If she was killing... Because they're like, maybe it was formula. Like, no, the formula she was just was putting her hand she was on just their putting- faces. Because I thought, okay, so she's like putting rat poison in the formula. Got it. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what it was. But no, apparently she's just suffocating them to death. How did you not... Like with the first couple babies <laughs> not notice that? How did that? you not question that? That's yeah. very different if they've got fingerprints all over their little faces. All like over. what the fuck? <laughs>
1: Yes, I, I don't know, maybe I just, I maybe might be one of those, like, I watch, I've seen too many procedurals where Mm -hmm. they can, like, get the tiniest bit of evidence to crack the case or whatever, but I was like, I just don't understand how she got away with this for as long as she did, like, I get it, like, older people in the hospital, likely chance that they're going to die suddenly because of complications or whatever, but I just I'm willing
0: I'm willing to give the old people a pass as well. And there's like old the people also like
1: to have known something.
0: Yeah, and also like there's a few people in comas and stuff like that. Um mm. so like I can give those a pass, not a moral pass, but a logistical pass. <laughs> just wanna be clear so it doesn't take it out of context. Because I think that is, like, there have been killer nurses that, like, yeah, angels Yeah, of I was deck, thinking, like,
1: Dr. Kavorkian or yeah, whatever.
0: That is a thing that has happened, so mm-hmm. sure. And, like, they get away with murdering hundreds of people before uh, they're found out because, hey, people die in hospitals. But the baby stuff, I'm just like, okay, so you have... Even the security footage, like you have security footage of her going Mm -hmm. in when these babies were killed. So you theoretically have security footage that proves no one else was there. So, yes, I don't. It's not even like I think I've watched too many procedurals and they should be able to pick up on a little bit of evidence because like real cops in the real world overlook evidence Mm -hmm. all the time. But there is a difference between a baby that has been poisoned by a bad formula and a baby mm-hmm. that has been choked out like that that should show yes. up on an autopsy yeah <laughs> so the only way that i'm like this would make sense is if they didn't think it was if they thought it was natural causes which they clearly mm-hmm. don't so i'm like mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. you know she is the only, only one in the room done at it, this then. time either that or there were other nurses in the NICU while she's choking out babies like what yeah. were they doing <laughs>
1: turn and blind eye. she's our boss man I whatever guess. she wants to do i guess i got i can't lose this job <laughs> god i yeah i mm, that this was too so, much
0: suspension of disbelief i think with yes the, the baby killing yeah.
1: <laughs> and then this graphic ends with just an article saying like paul sheldon the famous author has been missing but his his editor just thinks he's being an asshole and not getting in touch with him like <laughs> 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 and paul's like wow that's the mark i've left on the world <laughs> like yeah i wonder why paul um so he sees all this he's like okay the person that has me captive if i didn't realize it by now is definitely certifiably not someone i want to be stuck in a house with forever i gotta i got a killer so he goes he grabs a butcher knife he stores all of his supplies under his mattress and just waits for annie to get back annie comes back in the middle of the night paul is sleeping and she um, injects him with some sort of ana- anesthetic where he is still alive. and Or not alive, sorry. Where he's still <laughs> awake and aware of what is happening to him. Enough so that he can like follow a conversation or her monologue, whatever you want to call it. Um, and she explains to him, like, Paul, I know what you've been doing. I know you've been leaving the room. I saw the wheelchair marks you've left. I noticed supplies were missing. Things were messed with. But you know what? how I really know that you've been out of this room is because I left a trap. I booby trapped things in the house. I left my hairs, I left my hairs in places where if they were disturbed, I'd know someone someone was messing with my stuff and Paul, you're the only other one in this house. So had to have been you. And then she cuts off Paul's foot with an ax. <laughs> it's very distressing. <laughs> And there's
0: more, there's more allusions drawn to Africa in this section where she's like, do you know what people used to do in the diamond mines when people would steal diamonds mm-hmm. from the diamond mines? They'd hobble them so they could still work but couldn't run anymore. And Not it's like, sure. okay, cool. I don't really get what this whole Africa connection is. I'm very – because we got the, the she's a goddess from Africa, the uh, –
1: his, it his, Africa becomes his rallying cry
0: yeah and he's, he's he compared, just yells Africa yes at one point he literally which, just yells <laughs> Africa help like, me. Okay. Okay. I don't like I get that there is some metaphor here because he says a lot of things that, like oh the dark continent and there's like allusions to Conrad and stuff and I'm like I get something is happening here and it might be racist not sure uh, but there's yeah. a lot of vibes of like Africa and I don't know why or what the signet like yeah i'm trying to because you could change it to something else right and just have all of the things be that but you couldn't Mm -hmm. really because there's not really another place that would stand in for africa but i don't know what point that's making (laughs) like like...
1: yeah is it just because the
0: like the bird was from africa the Mm -hmm. goddess she's compared to a goddess from africa He's, like, I think it's, I think what he's trying to do is be, like, Africa is the place where, like, the the id, the ego, the superego, right? That Africa uh-huh. is the id, right? Of, like, humanity, which is a common literary thing of, like, everybody came out of Africa, so, like, that's the root, that's the base, and that mm-hmm. also gets into really shitty racist stuff of, like, African people are somehow more... Uh, less evolved or whatever which is shitty and racist but Mm -hmm. I think that is what it's like that vibe is what it's going for of like all of this stuff is like this psychoanalysis again of like how to create art and you have to get back to this like base place of just emotions and whatever um Mm -hmm. but I, I and I get that but I don't love that it's being tied to Africa in this way. It seems yeah, really just... unfair to Africa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's weird weird vibes. Weird. I vibes. didn't want I didn't want to like look into it too much because I knew it was gonna be un- unsatisfying. I'm to sure do so. that someone has
0: written a paper about like yeah, the meaning on, of Africa in yeah. Stephen King's Misery, I'm sure. but I just don't care to look into it <laughs> yes
1: also same it's exhausting <laughs> um so that's how that's how part two of this book ends then we get into part three and paul is A right down machine. in the dumps <laughs> yeah he's all he does is write and sleep and eat watches mash with annie i guess um he we learn he has lost his thumb um it, is very nonchalant at first. I was like, I, did I miss something in, right. in the axe ax scene? I went back and, against my will, reread that to see where he lost his thumb. And then I just, They
0: kind of do a little rewind eventually. Like,
1: Yes, so you're probably backwards. wondering how my thumb left here. What happened
0: with my thumb? <laughs> Let's get
1: into it. Uh, so Paul complained that the typewriter was missing letters, and uh, Annie just cut off his thumb. And, and then, then gave it to him out.
0: on a birthday cake.
1: Yeah, As then we candle. find out it was his birthday, which is s- terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> fucked up. Uh, so finally, like, um, the car—the car that Paul was driving that crashed in the snowdrift or whatever—is finally found. The the snow is gone, the mud is gone, the car has been found. People are actively searching for him. A state trooper comes by, and Paul sees him out there. Uh, and yells Africa. <laughs> And yells, "Africa!" Annie is Annie is mowing the lawn on her riding lawnmower at this point, and. And the police officer gets out, and Paul is like, he is kind of frozen. He doesn't this this uh, there's this whole scene of like how being a bird in captivity like doesn't even try anymore to get his freedom because he knows from past experiences it's not gonna work. But finally, he yells Africa, he throws a he throws a uh, ashtray out the yeah. window, and the cop is like, holy shit, it's it's Paul Sheldon, famous author, the guy I'm looking for. And then Annie runs the police officer over with the lawnmower and kills him. That made me laugh aloud. I, I, (laughs) as much as, it was just so like this book is so like intense and Mm -hmm. and like I said, full of dread the whole time. And then Annie's just like, "Yeehaw!" running our police officer with a lawnmower,
0: and I was like, "Holy (laughs) shit!" (laughs) He's like, "We're gonna take a brief hiatus from this psychological horror to do a little (laughs) bit of." Old-fashioned slasher.
1: Yeah, but here's some here's some splatterpunk for y'all. I'm gonna <laughs> run this guy over with my lawnmower. I'm gonna. She, I think she also has to like hack him up with some other stuff she's got on hand. Like this is a gruesome scene, and Paul is just like, "Holy shit!" Like watching the whole thing. Um, Annie comes in and she's like, "Look what you made me do, Paul. This is on you. His death is on you." Um, you shouldn't and have now yelled gonna- about
0: Africa, Paul.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Af- Africa. You shouldn't have done it. So she relocates Paul to the basement, the basement where she has previously said, there's tons of rats. So yeah, there was this really gruesome scene earlier in the book where she caught a rat in a rat trap and then just like
0: mutilated mm. it with a Solilo-
1: hands. And soliloquized
0: about how the whole world is just rats and she feels bad for yeah. the rats. And then that like gets and into the whole like- suck the sucked the rat blood yeah. off her fingers. Yeah, that was right before the Laughing Place thing because then he finds the the book and sh- it's like, oh, so this yeah. is this is Annie's- like this is theory right of mankind is that you are Mm -hmm. either a bad person who deserves to die or a good person who deserves to die because then you don't have to suffer right so he he
1: calls them like brats brats and and uh sweets poor dears poor dears poor yeah is it poor poor dears or
0: poor babies poor it's poor something
1: poor something yeah yeah those are yeah those are the two that's the black and white annie sees her world in um So she has to relocate Paul to the basement because she knows more police are going to come. She doesn't want them to accidentally see him or Paul to have another Africa moment. So she leaves him there, disposes of the body, and comes back. Paul has finished the misery book. He has, not, he has been very adamant to not tell Annie how this book ends. So normally she has been reading the manuscript as he finishes it. Because uh, she's been filling in the missing letters for him. But then, you know, ever since she, the whole him escaping the room thing came out, she doesn't really help him so much anymore. But um, he's kind of caught up in this fervor of writing. She kind of is in awe of him again and has been very anxiously awaiting this book. And Paul has been kind of teasing her about it. Um, he won't let her finish it or he won't let her read it till it's completely finished. And then he presents it to her. And he says, Annie, Annie, here's the manuscript of Misery's Return. But you're really excited to read this shit. And he's like, Yes, I am. Paul's like, Well, and he lights it on fire. <laughs> Which I was like, Yes. (laughs) Kind of downplayed by the fact that it was just a decoy. Not that Annie knew this, but then like the fact that it was like he went then went on to sell the actual book. I was like, gross, Paul. Well, yeah, but
0: (laughs) also he should get something out of this
1: experience. (laughs) Yeah, this is your this is your little reward. (laughs) Right.
0: Like, you know, he he it's hard to write a book. You should get you should get credit
1: for that. I suppose. Especially hard in this situation. But it did kind of like I don't know. I guess I wish he had completely i my complaint with the ending of this i suppose and again i guess it makes more sense that you said it's kind of like this is this could all be read as a metaphor for Mm -hmm. for writer's block but i think for me the ending was a little bit spoiled by the fact that he just like oh yeah i think goes back to his life
0: for true horror he should have died but like he didn't so he didn't
1: um Annie Annie hates that Paul lit the thing on fire. Obviously, she becomes violent. Paul's like, uh-uh, he throws the typewriter at Annie. 50-pound typewriter, hits her in the back. They, there's a little bit of a struggle, and she cracks her head on the mantle, um, you know, in that way that people die from. And <laughs> Paul's like, huh, I'm
0: free, hooray. Um, but not before he shoves the burning manuscript
1: down her throat. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and compares yeah. it
0: to raping her.
1: Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess a callback to when the bad breath resuscitated him. He um, is doing that with burn manuscript pages. I don't know.
0: Hi. I don't know. And also, if um, you want your villain to be a villain, you shouldn't be able to rape them. Like, yeah. I, it's, it's
1: just... Why does that have to be the way that you overcome the situation? Right, exactly. Yeah, why does it? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Annie... Is like kind of unconscious for a while, but then lurches awake and Paul's like, ah, but please show up. It's fine. Um, he
0: locks her in the room that she, uh, he was locked in. Lo, these, yes. these many, many months. And it's many all, you months. know, again, police, it's him turning around and doing the stuff that she did to him, except in his own special Paul way. Yes.
1: Um, the police are kind of horrified with the state of Paul's body. Uh, but it's okay because modern medicine. They they get him a prosthetic. They re-break his legs and set them again. And he's got to go to therapy. I don't know if he does, but he 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 does drink a lot. Uh, <laughs> he sells his book, struggles with some writer's block and some terrible nightmares about Annie. Um, we learn that uh, Annie managed to escape enough to get to the barn where they think she was going to get the chainsaw to chop up Paul a whole bunch, but um she died there from her injuries yeah there's like in, a fake
0: the- out where they haven't yes t- like they the I last really thought that was I know how it was gonna end and I was like fuck this no because <laughs> they they say it like in the scene where the police come to get him they check the room and they're like there's nobody there yeah, and then it's like time skipped to several months later and he goes back to his mm-hmm. house and Annie's there and tries to kill him right but then that's all yes. a nightmare and actually they found her body like outside of that room that's why they were like so a little bit of the thing that he was setting up like cliffhangers and then um it's fine if you as long as you find a fair way to write your way out of it right like.
1: yeah 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 very true um and, and and he gets over his his writer's block like he he finds a new story to write he sees this kid pushing pushing a skunk in a in a shopping cart he's like down cool the street. and he's like this oh, is, a whole novel out of that so good for this you this is
0: my new muse
1: yeah i think it sounded like it was gonna be like a children's story so i was a little bit concerned i don't know i don't know though (laughs) that's this book that's that's fucking misery man Cool. quite miserable yeah but in a fun way
0: maybe if you're into that
1: not for me (laughs) yeah if you're into it i'm not i'm not here i don't i don't want to like i don't want to yuck your yum but i also feel like i want to make like My stand. I want to have an opinion about it, and I want like I want people to know it. But also, I just want. I don't want to make people feel bad for liking horror. I get it. It's it's there's something there's a thrill of it. It's like it's just it can be fun. It can be exciting. Um, It's all metaphor, baby. It's just breaking down the metaphors. (laughs) Gotta love that. Yeah, I feel like that's
0: like as much as I like the jump scare body genre part of it, which Mm -hmm. I do like, but I have to Mm -hmm. be in the right mood for that. you know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: do I? <laughs> I also
0: just really enjoy, like, so much of horror is just like breaking down what the metaphors mean, right? Uh-huh. And, like, uh-huh. what does this symbolize and why are they showing this picture of, like, and the thi- you can make anything spooky if you put a good filter over it and some good mood music, you know. Mm-hmm. Any item can be spooky, but it's like, but why did they choose this item and what is it that they're trying to say, right? Because, like, obviously you have things like slasher and body horror where it's, mm-hmm. you know, gore and stuff like that which gets more to the visceral reaction stuff. But I really enjoy the the way that horror is used as a lens and how yeah. how literary it can be, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's I, my yeah, shit. I think that's true. I feel like that kind of also I don't know. I feel like I'm like the snob that's like, oh, I don't like the. I like the literary fiction of horror, not the not the spec fic of horror. <laughs> but I I don't think it's even
0: a spec fic versus, versus no, literary yeah, fiction. But yeah, the, it's the the gore stuff is not is not necessary to a horror novel. I don't think. Which I guess we're kind of getting to what mm-hmm. do we look for in the next one? Yeah. Um, All personally. <laughs> personally personally i would like something that is actually scary to me which i know that that is hard to accomplish without give me a list
1: of your deepest darkest fears so (laughs) i
0: think the main thing is that it has to be a situation in which anybody could find themselves in right because like we kind of saw this with the ruins versus the haunted house stuff where haunted houses i'm like those are scary because everybody Mm -hmm. lives everyone can. Everybody yeah. sleeps can somewhere, be anywhere. right? But not even yeah. ghosts. But just like the idea of like the place that you inhabit mm-hmm. is not safe, right? That is a scary concept, and it applies pretty much universally. Mm-hmm. And ghosts are real. And ghosts are not real, but that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Agree to disagree.
0: I, I like the ruins where I was like, I'm never going to go. <laughs> on a jungle expedition Mm. to some old ruins and get eaten by plant monsters. That is not scary to me. Probably not. I mean, who knows what the future holds, but this Mm -hmm. also where I'm like, I'm not be
1: more likely to go to the old Island.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where I'm like, I am not a uh, famous writer. I don't have scary Mm -hmm. fans who could kidnap me. Um, This is not scary. I wouldn't
1: drive in a snowstorm.
0: I wouldn't do these things. Right. So what I want (laughs) is probably psychological horror. That is, I think probably book three is we're going to lean more towards psychological horror horror that is more modern in terms of becoming the monster. Um, But in the next one, I would like a situation that anyone could find themselves in, not a highly specific like horror thing, you know. But also, Mm -hmm. as long as it's scary, you know, I'm down. Yeah.
1: Wow. I have a good idea for my next book. Great. I actually have I actually have a pretty good idea for the whole unit. Oh, good! I think I want it to play out, but we'll see. I'm going to try and find things that scare you. Okay. Um, and also I'm going to try and throw in a book I actually know I like. <laughs> so all right, <laughs> go easy on myself.
0: <laughs> I will say I think the scariest, the movie that scares me the most uh-huh. um, that I have seen is It Follows. Okay. Which it's like, or if you haven't seen that, it's like a Does sex something follow. Yeah, it's like a sex demon. <sighs> um okay yes you told me about this yeah that follows you around and can take any form and just shows up and walks really slowly at you uh Mm -hmm. super scary the walking slowly at you in daylight thing terrifying Mm -hmm. hate it um Mm -hmm, still have mm -hmm. occasional nightmares about that movie love it
1: oh where can i find the equivalent of of i don't know book walking slowly towards you in the daylight. i don't know (laughs) but that's
0: what you gotta aim for is walking slowly uh okay I'll
1: try and work with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So we are not going straight into the next book of this unit, of course. We have. um, Why would we? (laughs) Silly. Uh, (laughs) Next week, we have another Morse Monday with Animorphs number 48, The Return. And then after that, we are wrapping up our two units that we have teased as not being fully wrapped up. (laughs) <laughs> so we're wrapping up both, so excited for this though both prehistoric novels and our Highland Timeslip romance novels unit mm-hmm. with a book that combines the two although not Scottish but it is in fact a prehistoric Timeslip romance
1: can you imagine the power this book holds over our so podcast so much power it has <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're reading transcendence by shay savage i'm a little bit salty about this okay so we have like a situation with the kingdom of thirst podcast where we read very closely together clan of the cave bear and posted episodes about it uh we got there first for Clan of the cave bear but y'all kingdom of thirst beat us for transcendence i was when when i saw their tweet i was like god damn it <laughs> i love it though i have not listened to it i don't want to spoil myself so you guys no. uh go listen to kingdom of thirst but not that episode yet <laughs> if you're our true fan no i'm just kidding do what you want i know um show them, show them some Her, love yes yeah kingdom of thirst is a very enjoyable romance podcast i love it um but that being said come back and come back in two weeks also for us <laughs> Uh, In the meantime, if you have any books you would like for us to read on the podcast, either because you think we'll love them or hate them, if you found a weird niche time slip, throw it our way. You can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because I will i don't want to say i'd be like annie no don't be i was an about annie. to i don't want to well i would i would lock you in a room until you made a better podcast than us
0: how about how about if you try to be like misery and crawl out of your grave to, to there you go
1: <laughs> yes yes there you go you will bury me alive uh but i will i will resurface you will bury her uh,
0: with your indifference
1: and force you to to love me and this podcast uh if you use apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review but if you don't that's all right because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like in the words of
0: stephen king why
1: couldn't that have happened to him Because
0: writers remember everything, Paul, especially the hurts. Strip a writer to the buff, point to the scars, and he'll tell you the story of each small one. From the big ones, you get novels, not amnesia. A little talent is a nice thing to have if you want to be a writer, but the only real requirement is that ability to remember the story of every scar. (laughs) I mean, like, most people can remember where they got scars from. I don't think this is a special
1: ability. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. (laughs)
0: and this is also i think where it becomes very clear that stephen king no i this is mean
1: (laughs) say it then cut it i want (laughs) to i want to know what it is
0: stephen king doesn't know how newspapers work because like (laughs) all of the articles are written in such a novelist way like this is a thing right anytime there's a book uh-huh. and it's uh-huh. like a novel and then someone has to write a newspaper article for it it does not sound at all like any newspaper that has ever been written right. ever it's, like, so it's so lyrical so <laughs> lyrical and like they have these long ass quotes it's just anyway Yes. Um, <laughs>